When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today, joined by one of, honestly, like, it's really rare that I can say this. This is really rarefied air here. Legitimately one of the most talented people I know. Uh, and it's not Harrison, Thanks, just to be absolutely <laughs> oh. clear. It is it is Marin Fader. She is of the ringer. She wrote the Giannis book. She's working on a Hakeem book. Like, she's one of those people that, you know, my parents would be like, Hey, did you see Mirren wrote another book? Did you see that? <laughs> you saw that, right? Have you written? You haven't written one. Oh, oh, congrats on your YouTube page, though. Mirren, <laughs> thank you very much for hopping on with us. And um, please stop lapping me on this on this track here. I would really appreciate it. <laughs> it's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, I love you. <laughs> I love you. That was the meanest thing you've ever said. I thought you said laughing, not laughing. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say. I was like, of course I'm going to keep laughing because, you know, this. that's how mm -hmm. I am. I definitely did not say it, laughing. It, okay. it would also be hard for you to stop lapping his career achievements, but that's okay. See, yeah. um, Anthony, yeah. I swear that is not what it was. I literally. <laughs> well, that's yet for an awesome start. Thanks, guys. That's 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 the other half of this too, which makes you one of my favorite people. Is that you're supremely talented and also supremely nice, and uh, and it really helps. I would imagine get the incredible stories that you get in these profiles. Also, hi Harrison, how are you? <laughs> Thanks. I also get all my profiles because I'm so nice. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you wrote a profile? Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, still more than me. All right. So we are going to uh, today going to be talking about for the ringer. Mirren wrote another really, really, really good Austin piece. It was a follow up on the Austin piece that she wrote last year. Right. You wrote one last year on him. Oh, my God. I think now it's two it years 2021. ago. Yeah. Oh, my it goodness. Was. Yeah, you're right. Remember, because it dropped the day he hit the game winner again. Yeah, it was Dallas. Right. On national TV. Yeah. <laughs> It was like the I, greatest time profile of all time led to the, the coining of the fader bump terminology. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, what's funny is that like, while I was reading this, it says in here, like third year guard, Austin Reeves. And for some reason that was just like, I know. Whoa, hold on. <laughs> I, it's, so, it's so weird. Like, especially for me, like they, they cut one line, but I put um, in the, in the rough draft, there was one line about um, he, 
it's he's so far from the guy that was living out of the South Bay Hotel because when we met up, he was still living in this hotel, like trying to make the team. And it was so yeah. surreal to me to like be talking to this person that is so, so in a different stratosphere than then. It's so crazy. It, did he uh, express regret over not being able to live in the South Bay Hotel? <laughs> I would imagine for free. <laughs> It's like the team stopped paying for it. Can you believe that? <laughs> I respect his restraint in, in in making like responsible life choices and figuring out where he's going to live. And he's getting settled. Obviously, he has a lot to focus on with the season. And um, it's so funny because his mom was like, you know, he's he's so um, he really just has the bare necessities. Like he's very simple, like, and simple mm -hmm. is not a bad word. It's just him. Austin even said like, I'm a simple man. And she was like, he can fit all his stuff into his vehicle, like from his house. So um, I just respect that. He really has not changed at all. <laughs> I'm surprised he owns a vehicle. I, you know, given, given how thrifty he is. <laughs> so he must be a loaner from a car dealership. He, he agreed to do the ads for Lemon Daddy to get a car. Let's he's see. like he's like the, he's like Mike from Suits, where he just like he picked a, uh, an apartment where he could ride his bike to to work every day. I could see it. I could he totally has see it. Values in the right place. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but here's the thing, though: when you make the amount of money that he makes, it's actually a really good investment to buy property. Like I Austin, <laughs> get at us. Like, can we get you a financial planner? Cause like <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm sure. Um, yeah. He was just like, I'm just really focused right now on basketball, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure. On, on that front though, as it pertains to like the focus on basketball, like it really shines through now through two pieces. He is incredibly singularly focused incredibly. And, and you talk, you, you, you talked a lot about the golf aspect of it. And at some point um, somebody's going to have to do a study on, uh, you know, the link between golf and basketball. And I believe somebody already wrote about like, for some reason, good shooters in particular are really good at golf is it, when, when you're talking to him and you talk about anything that isn't basketball, I would imagine he gets kind of annoyed. So it makes it all the more perfect that Zane, our colleague at, at silver screen and roll started the whole Taylor Swift thing. <laughs> and he probably hated every second. He probably hated it more than you and me do. Yeah, because, you know, yeah. also he, you know, he's in a happy relationship and it's just like he also doesn't go out. So it's, you know, it's kind of a moot point. But I literally said to his agents, I was like, don't worry, I'm not going to ask about that because it's irrelevant, you know. And yeah. so I was so happy that that was not in our story at all. Um, but the focus, I'm really glad you picked up on that because um, I think there's a tendency to portray him because how miraculous his story is is, you know, he's just this very like happy-go-lucky kid. They kind of infantilize him a little bit. You know, he's just happy to be there. And, you know, if you spend five minutes talking with Austin, like, you know, there's there's a tunnel vision and a drive that is very intentional. And mm -hmm. it wasn't like I got lucky. It was like I worked my way here. And so I just wanted to make sure that you can talk about his ascension and his success without making it seem like, well, the, you know, it's a fairy tale and it just all came true. And, you know, I, I just really wanted to make sure that focus was clear. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it, it absolutely was. 
Yeah, I, and it shines through throughout the whole profile. I, it was excellent, and I just want to say, like, you know, this is the reason that you are the reporter that you are is because, you know, you mentioned the golf thing. No one, everyone else has talked all about his only purchase after the contract has been a pair of customized golf clubs. And my whole time, I've been like, okay, but how much did he spend on customized golf clubs? This couldn't <laughs> have been that crazy expensive, like, by NBA player standards. And you had it in the story. It was $5,000, which is, like, yeah. a lot for normal people. But yeah. like by NBA player standards, big post-contract splurge, <laughs> that, that is not that much. You know, he's, he's making $50 million, 5000 on golf clubs that he's going to use like 17 times a day, roughly, uh, you know, are, is not that crazy of a splurge. Did he buy them used? But- no, no, they're custom. <laughs> this is funny. This this shows like the the poor writer because I was profiling um, <laughs> who was it? it was MPJ during the finals, and he was showing me this device which I forgot what it's called, and he was saying how exclusive it was, and you know I was asking like how much does that cost or whatever, and he gave me this like what seemed like enormous to me, and he's like oh that's nothing, and I was like oh I'm revealing that I. <laughs> To all these people. <laughs> so I think with Austin, like, you know, like the first time I reported the first story, we bonded over LA rent being insane. Yeah. You know? And so it's just. And he was, still even feels at the that time, way. there was still only one of you that that made a whole lot of sense to complain about. But uh, <laughs> right. you know. Right. But my point is, is like, you know, um, that's why you want to capture, you got to get the specific number, right? Like what does he view as expensive? What does he view as a splurge? Um, just to kind of give the scale to like, you know, how he thinks about this stuff. I did. He, so he, he mentions the $5,000 clubs. Does he go like, Mirren, you know, I, I don't know if it is just ramen for the next month. Like, how does that, oh, how does that okay. Honestly, every meal at the practice facility for the no. next month to make up for that. <laughs> I can't stand you guys. I love you, but I can't stand you. So, um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, it, you know what it is? It's that it, you get the sense when you ask about stuff like that, which he is so kind to answer and really is like so down to earth. And, you know, now we have the rapport. I think he, you know, he's like, of course, I'll answer anything you want. Yeah. But you can tell there's a sense of like, but let's talk about basketball now. Um, and I, and I think that was so clear to me. It's like, it's not about Taylor Swift. It's not about all this other stuff. It's not about, you know, hype. It's literally like, what did I do in the playoffs? How am I learning? How am I growing? Like, you know, it was a real, um, it just, his tone, like it, it just, it's not that it shifted. Like, I think that's the main point of the piece too, is that it's not like he ever lacked confidence. He's always had the confidence. He's always, believed it it's just that now everyone else is seeing it too and so i just even saw in our interactions when we're talking about the golf club we're talking about not leasing or leasing we're talking about you know the stylist um it always goes right back to basketball it always goes back to like this f you i'm gonna prove you wrong mm-hmm. immediately it is. Yeah. I mean, he does. It's kind of incredible how many people, different people mention either his motivation is to say F you to everyone, or you even ended the piece on him talking about sticking up a middle finger at everyone. You know, you talked about how this is not like a fairy tale, but you know, he does seem for the guy that has the rep as sort of like a, this adorable kind of little success story. He does seem you know, in or more than you would think, motivated by hatred of his doubters. <laughs> and uh, I, I just really thought that that uh, shined through. But you mentioned 
the rapport that you two have built up. And, you know, we talked about you profiling him twice. That is not, so, I mean, Austin may not realize this, but getting the mirror and fader treatment twice is not something that happens to a lot of athletes, uh, especially not twice in like less than two years, you know, or so. And so what, I guess just for you as a writer and someone who generally just sort of writes once about a person and does a, sort of a definitive picture at where their life, you know, at their life at this point, what's led them to hear all of this stuff. What made him compelling enough to you that you wanted to go back to the well a second time? And I know for everyone rolling your eyes at this, it's not Lakers clicks. Mirren does not uh, operate like that. She's uh, she's the only one of us. Uh, so <laughs> what sort of drew you back to him? Well, thank you for saying that. Um, you know, I think I've just been watching him for the last two years and it's it's been so surreal there was this event that he did um at venice beach like a year ago or something i think dwight howard was there i forgot what it was for but you know he showed up and i was like okay i'll go and i i saw him and it things were different even then and it was so weird to me because again like from when we last talked and this was a year ago this before the postseason this is second year Reeves, or, or I guess the end of first year. I'm losing track of time. My brain is like broken, as That's you mentioned. Okay. We all are. Working we on all this, yeah. Um, Post COVID just happened. Oh my god. Um, and I just I saw the way that people were taking photos of him, and I said, Austin, like you're big time now. And he he was like, Not you too, Mirren, you know. And um, and that's when I was just kind of like, I know I'm. I know you're still the same. I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just giving a hard time. But I always sort of felt like. What he's doing right now is it's happening before our eyes. And I just, I, I don't know, like he can flat out play. And I just think if I ever profile him again, we have to chart that change. We have to chart what it's like to have things shift for you because a lot of my profiles, they're about journeys. How does somebody get from A to B? How mm -hmm. does a person's childhood affect what player they grow up to be? What person they grow up to be? It's, it's, I, I do write journeys. But for this, I knew if I had to profile him again, I needed to profile the moment. You know, it's not about getting somewhere. It's what does it feel like when you get everything you want? What does it feel like when everything finally happens for you? And you know what? It's not easy. I thought him and I was really glad he spoke up on this because these are, you know, to answer your question, the things I wanted to know about were the harder parts of dealing with the shifting reality. It's not like it's always amazing because you have $54 million. Like, that when he was really vulnerable and talked about like um, getting injured with the hamstring and like in the back of his mind being like, I'm losing my contract. I'm losing my contract. Like I have to get out there. I have to play. I thought that was such a break in the confident bravado that he's been saying. And I, I think it just really showed how vulnerable and how like it isn't this happy go lucky story. Like he knows every single day he has to keep making it. And so, you know, this is a long winded way of saying like, if you profile somebody again, something incredibly major has have to shift in their life to do it again. Like LaMelo Ball going to Lithuania was a big deal when I did that. And when he went to Australia, it was like the total opposite. And so it was like that warranted. It's like, yes, you, you're going to go follow him again. But, you know, there was never a third profile because, yes, even though life has changed, of course, for LaMelo, now he's like an NBA star, it just didn't feel like the type of cataclysmic change that I think Austin is on because the change that he's dealing with, it has to do with not internal stuff, but external, how everyone else sees you. And I think that's fascinating. 
as somebody who is like really again played a really active role in in helping tell Austin's story is there any like specific narrative that you find yourself the most annoyed with <laughs> I think it's the Taylor Swift thing. Um, <laughs> you know what? I appreciate as soon as he said the question. I, I do appreciate I, you continually saying Taylor Swift because I'm that's giving me enough to like put the SEO on here. Like I'm, well, yeah, I'm ever. adjusting the title after we're done here too. Mirren Fader talks Austin Reeves, Taylor Swift rumors, and. My life is over. Um, thank you for now that I, I want everyone to know I'm on Instagram now, joining about a decade late because you know my ex mentions are gonna be shambles after this. Um, but yes, I I just didn't understand like I mean I did I do understand. I know how the media ecosystem works, but I just think like it's so you you and I we all know this to be true. It's so very hard to make the NBA. It's sorry, my dog is like going nuts. Um, it's very hard to make the NBA. They hate Taylor Swift too. Like, oh okay. my god! Hey, hold on now. Not to, not to. Don't accuse her of hating Taylor Swift. Thank we are you. not trying to do that to her. Mentioned you today. See the, you see the <laughs> okay. in action. She hates <laughs> the fake contrived Austin Reeves Taylor Swift story. Any Swiftie listening to this, she does not hate Taylor Swift. Oh my god! Thanks, Harrison. You ru you ruined. We try to get you in trouble on this show. I'm not even doing that to you. <laughs> Don't like, do it. Don't do it. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. Okay. No, you, you're so, right. <laughs> um, It's very, very hard to make the NBA. It's very, very hard to stick in the NBA. It's very, very hard to be on a winning team in the NBA. I think what he's doing is massively underrated and massively um, underestimated how hard that is to do. And so I think if I'm in his shoes and I am succeeding as an undrafted player, you know, doing all these amazing things and they want to ask me about that, I would feel like, mm, that's a great point. come on, like after I say it's not a thing, we don't need 10 other mentions of it, you know? And, and so I just yeah. think like once somebody says, no, that's not true. I think it's also, you know, he's in a relationship, so it's kind of like rude to her and yeah. It's just it, people, people let people live their lives, you know. Um, I guess the other narrative is the the kind of starry eyed thing. Um, he is not starry eyed. <laughs> he um, he this is, is a man who, to, to your point, screamed out, "I'm him" on national television during you know what his, I mean? his first playoff game. Yeah. So yeah, okay, that's my point. It's like you if you spend five minutes with him you feel the confidence it's an aura um i thought phil handy was the best interview in the yeah. whole piece and i don't think this made the the piece but he said like i asked him like do you see the confidence and he said i can feel the confidence um it's in his the way he moves it's the aura um and i think like that that to me is the most authentic because it's not what you say, right? It's what you do. It's how you act. It's how you carry yourself. And I think the fact that it's a it's an aura thing is a really, really big deal. So anyways, I was just kind of like, you know, I think the narrative has changed. And, and his agent certainly like had a really good quote in there. And it was, you know, it's not this cute little story. It's just like, fuck you. I'm going to steal your heart. I was like, <laughs> Okay, that's right. That's what it is. And so the whole piece has to match that tone, which is why we ended it the way we did. Yeah, okay, I the, didn't expect the, to do this, but Anthony, that's 18 minutes in. You got to bleep. Um, <laughs> wasn't expecting it to be her fault, but I'd... I don't think she said, I don't think she said the word. She said F. Like, I think you we're don't good. Think you are 
very surprised when they when I'm just like, oh, this effing story, or like, you know, they're like, oh my god, this feels wrong, like coming from you. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love I love the confidence angle of this, and I, I Harrison, you and I remember <clears throat> when it was leaked that he was going to go from you know, two-way player essentially, or, or, or not signed officially. Uh, yeah. No, it was, and then two, he, it was two-way player to guarantee full contract, regular yeah. contract, full contract after the mini camp. I laughed at it at the time because the Lakers were really cutting costs. So I was like, Oh, this is their cheapest option to fill that final roster spot. And, and like, I think Phil Handy has had a very unique perspective in this. And, and I think it's part of why he was the superstar of the piece. I thought he like has been able to watch and you, you, you know, you mentioning you feel, you feel the confidence, you feel the competence, which is the, you know, a huge part of this, right? That's the different difference between uh, confidence and, and, and arrogance or cockiness, right? Is that, that, that competence. And when he went from two way player to full bore Laker uh, it was like, Oh, this is kind of cute. And then he arrived and you're like, Oh, <laughs> and for some reason, nobody is really nobody is really taking that next step in in the ride nationally. A, a lot of people are still stuck on the novelty aspect of it. Yes, and and also like to to Coach Handy's point, you know, everything he was talking about was very forward leaning. Okay, this is a little bag. You could get a bigger bag, or like, mm-hmm. you know, which I was like, oh my god, that's a pretty big bag. But I guess again, peasant. Um, <laughs> but I think like. <laughs> I, I, oh, Andy's like that $53 million. Yeah. Mirren Fader, you probably make like double that, right? Like it's, you know, we all know that $53 million is not very much, you know, you guys know how much a latte costs in this city. Um, so I, I Is that just, a quote from Austin. Austin Reese is like, I finally get to get a bag for my clubs. I've been carrying them around like uh, uh, in my hand. Austin's this like, time. this is great. I could get venti at Starbucks. Like this is a quote from yours truly. Okay. You know how I feel about coffee shops. Um, no, but I, I think it's it's so forward leaning. He's like, oh, we're not done yet. Oh, we have lots of room to grow. And that's when I was just like, um, the work that Coach Handy and him put in together. Like, I, again, people don't understand. Like, he's really working. Like, he did not spend time. You know, Austin's like, I don't, I don't dwell on things. When he signed the contract, he literally was like, that's awesome. Now let's go play golf. <laughs> Cut that from the piece, but. Him, like okay, like He's I like, do recognize. I the- guess I'll buy this time. <laughs> well, it's just like the moment. It's like okay, on the biggest night of your life, of course you recognize how amazing, and of course he knew it was such a big deal, and he felt so blessed and so relieved. But then it's like okay, but let's go play golf, and I think it's always like okay, I've succeeded, but I want more. Yeah. All right, I'm ready to do this and that and the third. Like I think. For him saying, I want to be a Laker for life, for him saying, I envision myself, I want to look back in 20 years and say that I've won a championship, he is a very much long-term thinker. And I think that's really hard for people to conceptualize because they view him as just like a flash in the pan, like, you know, short-term, going to flame out or whatever they say about him. And um, his mindset has always been different. He's like, I knew that if I could get in the right system with the right team, I knew I could thrive, not, oh my God, I'm thriving. They're giving me a chance. Oh my, it's like, no, I knew I could do this. Now you guys know too, which is totally different than the narrative Mm -hmm. that I've seen. 
Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm going to channel my inner mirror and Fader here because I and ask a follow up <laughs> oh, no. question because I I had something queued up, but now I have to ask because you mentioned the golf thing again. You know, every single person just can't stop talking about his golf game and how much he taught his golf clubs and how much it like. Is he so when you're you know you do these interviews for hours and hours on end? I assume and you know are talking to multiple people. Like, how many times did he bring up golf without you even bringing it up yourself? Like, did you did even have to ask? He, Was he, he just mentioning it so like much that you had to include all the quotes? Well, the interview was supposed to be at a certain time and, you know, I was supposed to do this and, you know, I thought it was going to be around here, but he, he went to go play golf <laughs> and, um, you know, he was with his best friend, Trent, who's super awesome, super nice as well. And they golfed together. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is like really important to him. Like he has Lakers practice in the morning and then golf. So it's not like an off season thing. You know, like I, I profiled um, Devonte Adams earlier this year and he's obsessed with golf too, but it, it, at least for Devonte, it felt a little bit more like, you know, we're not exactly doing this in season um, or at least preseason um, versus Austin was like, got to get it in as if it's like, you know, weight training for basketball or something. And, yeah. but then, and so that was actually my first question. I said, how did it go? Um, and he said it didn't end up so good. And I just thought it was so interesting that our interview started there because obviously that was not where I was going to start it before, <laughs> but I know that obviously it means a lot to him if he's fitting that in his very busy professional athlete life. Um, and I thought that he immediately like characterized it as like a negative thing was so fascinating. And so I just, you know, I have a notebook out when I'm doing this and I, I wrote down like return to bad golf day or something. I wrote return to bad golf day, my thing. And then at the end I was like, so like, why is it, why do you, why was it bad? And, you know, and he, he was like, you'd think it would be fun, but it's really, I don't really have fun. And that's when I was like, I think people are really misunderstanding the golf thing because again, it's this playful hillbilly bogey, like how cool, how fun. Again, it truly is. I love it. I love the name, but you know, he's critiquing himself. So there's a layer of seriousness to this and to him, of course, again, like he, of course he sees it this way. And then he goes on about this on, you know, he's like, I'm ready to commit murder out there. And I was like, I was like, Austin, like, isn't it supposed to be Zen? Like, aren't you supposed to be like mentally focused in Zen? You know, that's my conception. And he's just like, I am, but it's, you know, it's, it's hard. And I want to be great essentially is what the sentiment was. And so I think it was so fascinating when he said it didn't sit right with him that this pro star golfer was like 80% of the time I'm going to fail. Like that is unacceptable to Austin. <laughs> and he's like, he, as if it's like, oh, well they say you can't be perfect in, perfect in golf. Like why not? Like what, who says? And then I'm like, that's the most him thing ever, because of course he thinks you can, he wants to be what you say he can. Yeah. Well, he yeah, is. The, so, <laughs> did he know. does he pantomime the golf swing at all? Is he did he did he ever like get up from the interview and like hold on? I just got it my no. hand placement. Like <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but you know what? Um, it's really funny. I don't know. I think that is a thing because even me from all my years of like playing, sometimes I'll just be like walking and like start yeah. crossing over. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I mean, <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, people are staring at me. 
I can imagine like somebody of his caliber would do that. Oh, I dunk on my kids all the time. We have a little Fisher Price basket. Like if they're anywhere near the basket, it's it's going down. Sorry, <laughs> right. right. Um, I, I so the I I apologize for continuing to go back to this. It is just so fascinating to me that that uh financially it is just it is he is in such a a unique spot, you know, to continue to hold on to uh his his perception on this stuff. If the Lakers had not come back with with the full max offer because of his frugality, do you think he would have understood? Like, do you think he ever would have been like, you know, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. That's look, a lot of money. It's fine. <laughs> and I, I will say respectfully. Um, of course not. He, <laughs> he <and his> agents, <laughs> again, he and his agents know his worth. Yeah. They are very clear on what he brings to the table. And of course they know that a team also has their own constraints. So they were expecting, you know, it it wasn't a guarantee. So they knew it could go either way. Right. And then you think about, will the other teams match or this or that. So, you know, I think it's more so like they know what he's worth. They have the sense that he will make a lot more than this in the future. And I think, you know, I didn't, I guess it's interesting talking to you guys because maybe because I was so focused on the tone thing and the starry eyed thing that the frugality was not the thing that I really focused on in the piece. I mean, I did have a couple of details sprinkled, you know, here and there, but now that you say that, I find that so interesting and very much valid, but I would say it's a lot more common than you think. I mean, when I was reporting the Giannis book and hearing that, you know, he didn't pay, he didn't want to sit in first class. Like he wanted to just be normal like everyone else and mm-hmm. ride coach. And that's stuff. not even the, the, the best Giannis frugal story from your book. It's the one where he was counting his Oreos and okay, he yes. got mad at, a, at an assistant coach, probably making like 30 K a year for taking yes. some Oreos while watching his house. Yes. Great example. Um, and it, it, <laughs> it really taught me. It's like, we, those of us who aren't making millions, we, we can't possibly comprehend that one would be frugal when one has that money. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I think it makes so much sense to a lot of them. And I do think there's a little tension throughout the piece of, Austin noticing his life is changing and having and being very grateful for that and very happy about that and very determined about that. But at the same time, feeling a little strange about it, like that quote where he was like, you know, before this summer, people said, you know, are you fame? You're famous. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm a regular person. And now it's hard for him to admit like, yeah, you know, I, I think they're right. Like I I guess I am. And it's just a really weird thing. And I think it crosses over to money. And that's why you see a lot of, you see a lot of the extremes. Some players go out and go nuts and spend everything. Some players are more like Austin, but I I would say the Austin experience is a lot more common than one would think. Yeah. I I think it's a competition thing, right? On both sides of it. On one side, they're going to compete to have the most stuff. And on the other side of it, they're going to compete to have the highest number in their account and like i think i saw an aside last year that lebron james who is a billionaire now 
um slightly would, bigger bag than austin yeah we can yeah, slightly right? slightly yeah. yeah but like he was he was in a locker room and it was his turn to dj or whatever but he was still on the pandora where an ad would come up so every so often you would see like they'd be playing music <laughs> and like a blue chew ad would like pop up like in the middle of, of everybody it's trying to get hyper so again <laughs> So no wonder good. him and Austin get along so well. They're like, they're like, they're cutting coupons together in the locker room. It's what they bonded oh, over. I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's no, so he, that was with the Cavs. He had that going and then Pandora yeah. heard the story and gave him a free account. So it just goes to show uh, Austin has it right. You know, if you Eventually are rich you and the, there, you can give these people exposure, they will give you the stuff for free. You do not have to spend money on it. You know, someone's going to give him a house, you know, yeah. at, down that the line. At some point. That is hysterical. I, I will say like, like, I look, I'm not a fortune teller. I really don't do that. I'm not in the predictor business, but I just think the sweatpants hoodie guys, the Giannis mentality guys, and I'm not comparing Austin to Giannis. I'm just saying this sense of like workmen. No, he's better, obviously. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he can shoot. <laughs> this podcast is going so well for me. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just saying those guys end up having 15-year careers. And this yeah. is what I envision for Austin. And I know that there's a lot of people as evidence in the crazy aggregators that are like, oh, my God, like he's not 60, whatever. Um, you know, I don't think they understand how it works. Like when somebody like Phil Handy, who has coached the best of the best, sees the vision in you, um, it spends time with you to help you get better. That's just a different level of talent. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, you started the piece with him standing between LeBron and AD in this picture and for, you know, for the team. And it was such a like NBA 2k created player moment. It was, so, it was so <laughs> perfect. And, and like, I just picture, I just picture like his entire, like, you know, those like bad basketball movies that have like the super hokey cameos where like LeBron is telling you in the, in the huddle, all right, dude, it's your turn. It's your turn. But that's actually happening. That is actually his life. And I was curious if he, you know, he talked about how cool it is and how, how wild it is that he has LeBron's trust and that he recognizes the value in that. Did, did you get a sense for, or have you kind of in your watching him, what do you think it is that like LeBron doesn't trust everybody, you know, and, and, and at this stage of his career, he's starting to have to trust more people. Um, but there's a very select few that LeBron would actually be willing to hand the ball off to in a big moment. Russell Westbrook was on this team. He did not have that amount of trust for in a, a future hall of famer yet. Austin has that. He did kind of like, all right, you go, Austin, I'm going to get out of the way here. And he did it multiple times over the course of the season. What is it about Austin beyond the production that, that do you think allows that to happen? Okay. So I, sorry, my dog is, I don't know if you're He's pumped. He's dog, like, you're, that's the second time. Your dog just doesn't like Anthony's voice. I think oh, we're my baby cookies. He's going nuts. Um, I, you know what? I thought about this and it's so interesting. I think, um, okay. So I know we just talked about confidence. Um, but I think Austin, while he is very confident, if this makes sense, his lack of ego is what makes it work. Um, Austin doesn't need to be the main character. And um, he and that's why I think he thrives so well for USA, because he knows how to play around all stars. He doesn't mm -hmm. have to be the guy or the all star. And so LeBron 
res- not just respects, but needs people around him that know how to play with him and know how to be egoless and know how to play off of him. And Austin is one of the rare people that can do that really, really well. Like Austin knows what he's good at and he knows what he shouldn't do and what he should do. And that makes him the perfect player to play with LeBron, uh, completely egoless. Like I can't tell you how many times Austin said, I just want to win in our interview, <laughs> like, like 20 times. Um, and he meant it. And, you know, as a writer, like I try so hard to avoid cliches, you know, because who doesn't want to win, right? Like who, who likes to lose, but, um, yeah, it's sort of a red flag in your profile process. If like somebody he, just kept mentioning, they're like, yeah, I don't winning. I don't really care. You know what? Okay. Sidebar. I have really, 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 I've talked to this with my editor. I really want to profile and this will never happen because this person will never be able to get a job ever again. I want to profile the guy on the bench who never plays, who is making millions, but is bored out of his mind, has no (laughs) more passion and has to go through the mundane life of being an NBA player when you lost your passion like a decade ago. I think that's where you could get Evan Fournier. Stop. I think that is a real experience that a lot. <laughs> I was going to say Kendrick Nunn is probably available. Like he, he, he's not doing not anything. Hey, that. he's playing in Greece. Okay. He, he's got a job. <laughs> I'm not going to respond to that. And I think like, nor should you. <laughs> I think it would be so fascinating to go through. Anyways, we're going to end that thought right there. I forgot. What well, you you do come on the show with me, and I like I am I've arrived that point in my podcasting career. It's just like, yeah, all right. I guess I got to talk to Harrison again. <laughs> what you asked me, I'm so sorry. That's okay. We're gonna we're gonna save you. Um, we save we're gonna me. pivot away. So yeah, Phil Phil Handy, you know, obviously the breakout star of this one. You know, with uh, between the sty- the anecdote about him trying to get Austin to get a stylist, and him saying, <laughs> I believe F no was his response. Uh, if I'm remembering hell no, correctly, hell no, hell no. Hell no. Hell Okay. Yeah. Um, it's also very funny that that like an assistant coach who definitely is not making Austin's bag is the one trying to tell him to get a stylist. He's like, he's like, no, yeah. Austin, even for, even for well, me on, you know, my salary. So the reason was because they were trying to reach Austin, these stylists, and they could not get to him. They couldn't get through to him. And I took that as he probably didn't respond because he does, he's not interested. Um, it's even the, even the first profile, I remember he wore like a shirt and I was like, what's that? Like the brand. He's like, I don't know. They just sent it to me. Um, and so I think, you know, he just gets sent Damn, stuff. He's just like me in college. Like right, any, right. anything, any sports media person sent me, I'm like, I, you know, I'm good. I'll, I will wear this. Like, but, but so they, they, they then got in touch with coach handy to then relay the message. They're like, Hey coach, like we're not able to reach Austin. And, you know, handy was like, have you seen the guy? Like, you know, I, do you think he's going <laughs> to, you know, they, he was basically like saying like, look, he's not into that. Like he's a sweatpants hoodie guy. Uh, Jordan. Yeah. One, I, I don't know. I'm not cool enough to know what kind of shoes he wears, but, um, you know, he was like, that's Austin's kind of low maintenance like that. And they were like, oh, but just ask him, you know, and he's like, all right. And then Austin literally was like, hell no. And they went back to work. <laughs> Honestly, that was one of my favorite anecdotes, along with the Philippines um, stuff. That was really, really cool. 
yeah, yeah I'm gonna come to back rush to the off and into, into the back like through the bar and you know of, of the, these stores and restaurants was great but I actually wanted to ask about you know another sort of character that has come up in both Austin Reeves profiles has tended to come up in sort of a lot of coverages of Austin which it, and I have sort of become obsessed with which is his older brother Spencer who uh, you know for anyone who doesn't know plays professionally in Germany obviously played with Austin growing up and has been very invested in his little brother's success and he basically behaves exactly how I would if I had a younger brother who made the NBA, which is just by roasting him and like constantly making <laughs> jokes about him to reporters in like in the profiles, trying to like his his story about, you know, when you were talking about when you were talking about how Austin was worried when he had the hamstring thing, he's like, oh, my contract's going to be gone. And it's like everyone else around him probably knew like. No, like your contract is not going to be gone. You've shown a lot of stuff. One hamstring injury is not going to ruin your entire free agency future. And his brother told him that. But I just was curious, like how much Spencer Reeves roasting Austin stuff did you have to cut as part of this reporting process? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Spencer is great. Like truly like such a nice person. Um you know, and it's funny because he's like, I cannot believe it's been two years since we've spoken. And I was like, me too. Like, congrats <laughs> on everything, you know, because um, it's a family achievement, too. But um, actually, there was one anecdote that was cut that was not roasting, but it was more like poignant. It didn't really fit the tone of the like F.U type of piece that we ended up having. But um, I really, really loved this anecdote. Um, so there was one night, I think it was before. Um, it might have been like between Austin's junior year of college and senior year. Spencer wasn't quite sure when it was, but it was sometime around the college time before he was like done. And they were shooting around in this like tiny church gym. And Austin was like really not sure like what he wanted to do um, if he wanted to keep playing basketball. And, you know, he was kind of close to calling it quits. Um, and Spencer was like, you know, in the way that older brothers do, like, what do you want to do? What do you want out of this life? Like, seriously, what do you want? You know? Mm -hmm. And he, and he's like, I'm going to love you no matter what you do with your life. And he was like, you want to become a cook, be a cook. You want to be a janitor, be a janitor. I will love you no matter what you do with your life. Um, I support you. If you want to, you know, do this basketball thing, like I'm here, but like, you need to know. And, and part of it was Austin was, you know, it wasn't just the fact that, you know, it's not like scouts were lining up for him either. It was, he knew the tough road that it would be ahead. And again, it's this glimmer of vulnerability of like, it's not always, I knew I could make it. There were moments where it was like, I don't know if I can keep trying. Like, I don't know what the yeah. road ahead looks for me. Um, and, you know, it's funny because he also was just a little concerned about like everything that comes with being a pro, like, you know, having to do media, having to be a public person like Austin, you know, believe it or not, really reserved, really reserved guy back then and was really shy. And he was just kind of questioning a bit. But then after that conversation, like something in Austin changed and he was like, I'm going to do this. And I just thought it was such a beautiful thing because recently um, Spencer reminded Austin of this moment. And he's like, Hey, do you remember that one time we were in the church shooting? And, you know, and, and Austin was like, of course. And, um, Spencer was like, look at you now. And it just, it's just so, it's just such yeah. a beautiful exchange. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was so beautiful. Did that Spencer was so much talk? nicer at the end than I thought it was going to be. I thought given personality type online that he was going to say, he's like, so how much of a percentage do I get for talking to you? Yeah, right. 
I said going? I said at the time I was going to love you no matter what, but I really love you now. Just be, like, did he did he right. talk at all about like the first time Austin beat him one on one? Because as I, I I'm an older brother, I at one point got beat by my younger brother, not youngest. That never happened. I was done playing by the time he was good enough to. But but like does is that is that something him being a a, a fellow athlete is that something that he has had to like process like that that's got to be kind of tough i can't remember i think we probably discussed it the first profile um so i can't i honestly cannot remember and like their their competitiveness is so deep i don't want to like miss say it (laughs) to spencer you know like he he's awesome at basketball too so i don't want to say anything there but um, i remember austin i don't remember if it was in your profile but he said to someone that spencer guards him better than anyone in the world um well yeah well it's all okay another thing is that um they constantly talk trash to each other and then the mom also talks talks (laughs) they're all just trash talking and it's amazing um yeah like one anecdote this has nothing to do with but one anecdote um didn't make the piece he was uh recently playing spades with his grandma who i think is like 81 or something um nicole's mom and um austin and his mom and i think it might have been trent i'm not sure and you know even though it's his grandma austin is like so competitive he's like i don't (laughs) Oh my God! There's competitive, and then there's Austin. You he knocks all the cards off the table. He's like, I don't want to play anymore, Mima. Competing. <laughs> well, you know she's such a fan of the Lakers, and you know she featured very prominently in the first article. So yeah, I remember. Yeah, she I was the one that got him into Kobe and the Lakers, and yes. you know that all of that. Yeah. Yes. So, and he know. and he repays her by beating the crap out of her in spades. <laughs> I don't know if he beat her. Okay, I want to. <laughs> Grandma might have might have sent him an L. I don't know, but I just know that he was saying, you know, I get really competitive. I mean, and he brought his <laughs> <laughs> I get super competitive. You should have seen what I did to my Mima. But that's um, why it's connected for me at the end with the golf. There was a yeah. line that I was like in Austin's world, there has to be a winner and a loser. And that's yeah. when it, you know, again, that anecdote didn't make the piece, but it, that helped me understand why he's talking about golf so much. And he used the word perfectionist and he's like, I'm not a perfectionist, honestly, in anything else, but you know, basketball, but sports. So, um, and I think again, it's kind of dismissive of his talent and his drive to just say, well, he got lucky. He's on a really great team with LeBron instead of saying, He's a perfectionist that works on his craft. Yeah. It also sells like his entire team short because, you know, Aaron has talked um, with me quite a bit about the process that went into trying to get to the Lakers and why they saw the Lakers as this great opportunity. Aaron Aaron, um, is a super unique guy, really kind of interesting look at the, at the relationship that they have. Um, Miriam, we have taken up way too much of your time. Thank you very much for hopping on with us. Uh, One last question though. Um, obviously last uh, questions. I, I have one more, so you, you go ahead, but okay. Oh, well I'll let you go then. Cause I, 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 I wanted to finish on mine then go for it here. So. All right. My, yeah. Mine's quick, but, uh, bigger honor, just rapid fire here at the end, uh, roughly like 7 billion people sharing your Austin Reeves profile or you being the only guest in the history of the show that Anthony reads their stuff every time before they come on. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love you guys so much. I can't even. I'm going to go with B. <laughs> All right. So a look behind the curtain. Harrison goes, hey, do you want to hop on a little early to um, to talk about the interview we're about to do? I go, yeah, one second. Let me read the thing really quick and then I will and then we'll hop on that. And, and to Harrison's point, normally it's like, OK, yeah, you can tell me about the piece, but I do make a point of reading your stuff, which actually leads me really well into my my, my last question here. Austin famously has the I'm him thing, which goes uber viral or whatever. And I'm just kind of curious, like when you write and you and you have a sentence that flows just <laughs> perfectly, do you run around your apartment yelling like, I'm her? Like, did you do you guys compare that moment with each other? How, how, how does that go? <sighs> that was when she finally like filed the final version of the Giannis book after like, you know, the two years of reporting. It just. <laughs> Just into the so mailbox red. from 30 feet away. Yeah. I'm turning so red. Um, no, thank you. Um, I do not. In fact, Harrison, <laughs> you probably know the most. I'm always like, because remember I was texting, I was like, oh, I gotta do this justice. Like, yeah, this I, was like four days ago. She was texting me that she wasn't sure if it was gonna be good or not. Um <laughs> yeah. I just I'm like, well, Marin, I suppose you could write the first bad thing I've ever seen you write, but it, it, yeah. is, it is possible. But I kind of doubt it at this point. The body of work, just like with Austin, suggests otherwise, you know? Yep. I would agree. Thank you. No, I really appreciate you guys so much. And um, it's interesting. Like, I, I think a lot about, um, I think a lot about how lucky I am to write and how for a very long time, I was obsessed with, you know, ambition and wanting to be great. And I still want to be great. I still see myself as chasing this goal and this dream. But yeah. I feel like I'm really just enjoying myself so much now that I'm just in a different flow than I was, you know, 10 years ago, not flow as in like, oh, my God, I'm doing good. Like, I just mean, like, I'm in a flow where I my writing voice sounds closer to what I am mm. hearing in my head and yeah. the pieces that I want to write, I'm getting a chance to write. Um, and that is so freaking cool to me. So I just need to like continue. It's again, literally, I think like an athlete, I always say to myself, we just have to keep pushing <laughs> better every day. Everyone's <laughs> like, you, why are you like this? And I'm like, because I'm still an athlete. I still think well, like you, are, you are an athlete, just like Austin. You, you scrapped your way further in basketball than any of the haters would have allowed you <laughs> to believe yours. Your road just ended at college, but that's okay. Like, you know, you still. Oh, crap. <laughs> I do have I do have one more question. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Austin talks about and you have talked about like the haters fueling Austin. He's not on Twitter. He says that that is where the haters are. If he got on Twitter, would he be a superhero? Like, would he be? I think. And he... and and like by extension, should we be working to get him onto Twitter so that he can see all the hate and therefore become a superhero? I see what you're saying. I think it would help. You know, only add more fuel, but. Um, you know, it still filters out to him. Like, I forgot which it might have been the Lithuanian game, but he was like, Yeah, yeah I, this one guy's talking about me all the time. Like, he's very aware of what people are saying, even if he's not on the app. Yeah. Um, oh, so he knows I, Anthony. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he would be so excellent at Twitter, it, like Giannis smoothie vibes, but um, with like 
all the different cool life experiences and how relatable he is and all the stuff we've been talking about, like showing that. But but I also think it is kind of the brilliance of him that there is a distance and there will be a distance. And I think that he's done it differently. He's put his focus into the work instead of the brand. Um, we always talk about this, Harrison, like if, if your brand is not your work, like what is your brand? Um, it, it should be your portfolio. And I feel like Austin's brand is his portfolio, his body of work. But he's struggling with this sort of thing where they're like, well, it's also about having a sneaker deal. It's also about 54 mm -hmm. million. It's also about what are you doing here? What's your off? And so the simplest way I can say it is he just wants to play basketball. And I know that's so cliche. Sorry, my dog. But really. I didn't even do it. It's not me. He just wants to play. He just wants to play. I think yeah. his mom said it best. I think this quote wasn't in there too. But she said like his simplicity truly aids his focus. Yeah. That's that's great. I hope he I hope he uh, eventually does get on Twitter though. And the only <laughs> account he follows is at Fat Kid Deals. That's all. That's all I want. <laughs> that's all we need from him. Mirren, again, thank you a ton for hopping on. It has been an absolute blast, as it always is. Thank you for dealing with Harrison and my nonsense. Uh, and and best of luck. You're you're working on this uh, Hakeem book, which is going to be incredible for for you know everybody who enjoyed the Giannis book. I'm telling you, Mirren on Hakeem is going to be insane. So uh, when's that release? Anything else you want to plug? I'm going to get out of your way. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. I The love I have for you, too, is just enormous. Big hug through the screen. Um, I It's coming out fall 2024. I don't have an exact date yet. But it's literally due in less than three weeks. So your girl is hustling. Um, <laughs> I didn't, why are you podcasting with yeah. us? I, didn't realize it was that close. I am really like on one right now. Um, yeah. So we're in grind mode. Um, so yes, that's happening. I will update everyone. Because X is what it is, you should follow me on Instagram because as you know, I have one now. Um, and that's it. No, I just appreciate you guys taking so much time and and for reading my pieces and always being thoughtful no her instagram's great she just posts uh pictures of coffee <laughs> and uh, so that austin can reply that looks expensive i wouldn't buy it like <laughs> i'm such a coffee slob <laughs> black coffee for me all the way <laughs> did austin forget his like did he forget his wallet at the coffee shop when you guys were like you know doing the interview he's like oh, oh sorry marin do, do you oh, no. darn uh, do you mind yeah. getting this one i don't <laughs> we're done here we are done here. <laughs> <laughs>